What is going on, Questioning Marks? We are back at you with Lucky, episode number 13. What is going on, Jared? What's up? What's up, Matt? And welcome back, Adam. Yes, Questioning Adam is back in the house, baby! Questioning Mania 13. Yes, baby. <laughs> we are coming after a, a, a wild uh, WrestleMania fallouts and things like that. So we got a lot to talk about. Uh, a lot, a lot to talk about. Uh, so I don't want to waste any time because I'm, I'm pumped, uh, you know, after watching, uh, raw and SmackDown definitely have a lot to discuss myself. Uh, so let's get to it, man. Awesome. Um, so basically, uh, they're already, you know, jumping right into the backlash, uh, I'm sorry, WrestleMania backlash main event and, on Raw, there was a uh, triple threat match to see who's going to face Lashley at uh, WrestleMania Backlash. Um, so it was McIntyre, obviously, versus Randy Orton versus Braun Strowman. Now, when Braun came out, you know, obviously the the Mark and me, you know, just started going crazy. And for a second thought, maybe, you know, maybe they'll strap him again, but absolutely no shot. Um you know, so it looks like we're going to see McIntyre, Lashley, round, round two, round three, whatever the hell it is at this point. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I kind of need a little bit of a different direction for myself at this point, even though I like McIntyre. And I don't know if they didn't, if they didn't take the belt off of Lashley a week ago, what makes you going to think they're going to do it in three weeks now? So I, I, I don't know. Um, Would have liked a different direction, but. Who knows? I think Orton might be still stuck in a storyline with uh, the Fiend, possibly, or I, I actually have no clue. So, um, yeah, it looks like McIntyre versus uh, Lashley at the next pay per view. Um, yeah, I think it's so it. rushed, right? Like, I mean, I just feel like uh, if they if they're going to do a storyline like this, uh, at least let it advance over a few, uh, you know, you know, month, you know, like more than a few months, I would say like, you know, for McIntyre, let him, let him get deep into a storyline here. You know, they're going to just take the belt off him and in, like instantly. It's, it just doesn't feel right. And if, I, and, I, and then I don't if think they're going to take the, yeah, I don't think they're going to take the belt off, off Lashley yet. I just think that I think on top of what you're saying, I think there is nobody, I don't think in three weeks they could build a storyline maybe with somebody else. Maybe that's, uh, I don't know. And uh, do you think that if McIntyre loses that this, like you know diminishes his career a little bit in terms of just well, like you know he's taking two big losses like does like does like take him out of number one contendership at that point you know yeah yeah i just don't know where he goes from here that's the thing you know he's they they built you know they built him up so well and he's been in the main main picture you know the main title picture for you know a year and a half two years at this point um it's just hard to see. I mean, I don't know if it would diminish his career, Matt. Um, if you look at Randy Orton's title reigns, he's got some of the shortest title reigns in WWE history, and he still goes down as one of the greats. So um, it's it's hard to say diminish the career, but uh, I definitely see what we see where you're going and what you're saying because we just don't know what's next for him if they don't strap him up again, and I personally don't think they're going to. Jared, to your point about the side feuds at the same time that you've got this triple threat for you know going up for the you know, number one contender, do you think that that also ends the Strowman McMahon angle? You know, now 100%. that he kind of decimated him in, in that mania match. A hundred percent. I don't know if you uh, actually listened back to uh, when we had Brian on and during our picks and our post show, Adam. But um, Brian did mention that like when you face Shane at WrestleMania. 
it's sort of like a stepping stone for your career, which is sort of why I, you know, said what I said about Braun when he was in the triple threat. I, I, I took that and coupled with the chance of maybe, you know, dethroning Lashley or whatever, but he won't even get that chance. But yeah, and it, the answer to your question is I think he's totally done with Shane and I think Shane will probably disappear now maybe because, uh, listen, the guy comes around, you know, for a big match or whatever, and, and I'll give the guy credit, takes the biggest spots out of anybody in that locker room um, and definitely puts his body on the line, but he's just – I don't think he's going to be around uh, like he used to be. But, listen, that remains to be seen. Yeah. That um, does. Yeah, so it's just – listen, I, I'm not a fan of Lashley, um, but – I see how they, I see how they, uh, they like MVP with him and and the whole nine. So I think it's going to be a while. He uh, he kicked the shit out of uh, out of Riddle twice, yeah, which was uh, fucking you know, just the uh, yeah, no, once backstage and then fucking yeah to start the show and then once in the match. And I think oh I actually God. think Brian hit a home run with what he said. You know when we were talking about predictions, if Riddle had lost the U.S. title, which he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was one loss away from being our truth, and uh, I think Brian might definitely be right on that one. Uh, and it's very sad to see because I mean he's getting his ass whooped by Lashley twice in one night. Uh, I don't know. They're going to turn this scooter thing into something stupid. Uh, I don't know. I told yeah. you it's all because he forgot his lines on Raw two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, but you know something, Adam. It it worked because it it was with Oscar, like Matt said. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like she's uh, great at just. Anything like her, her facial problem expressions is that she remembers amazing. her lines and nobody understands them. <laughs> I kind of like her little uh, shtick, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's good. But uh, yeah, um, man, that was absolutely sad. I mean, as as a big real fan, it just is what it is, and it's just uh, hopefully they uh, just keep my man Damian Priest rolling. He he. Speaking of Damian Priest, thank you for rolling into another uh, segment for us. Yeah. Um, he actually took a loss to the Miz and John Morrison the other night. Very surprised at that, but yeah, but it was a handicap match. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah, I, and yeah. It, and I still think it wasn't even. Uh, to me, it wasn't a great uh, showcasing of a match. Anyway, I thought it had a cool build up, but uh, you know, I thought the you know the Miz TV segment was 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 just uh, you know not not good at all. Uh, I think Morrison is just sounds, sounds so dumb. Like we all know that he has like a wife and stuff like that in terms of the broken kayfabe. He's acting like he's some uh, like third wheel loser all the time now with like the Miz. So I feel like that's going to be the start of a possible breakup. In a- definitely. There was definitely some tension there Monday night. And I think yeah. that WWE is definitely going down that road and I think it'll be cool. I, I really do. Yeah, yeah, I think Morrison is, is still a great wrestler, and I think uh, he, he is. He, he he works great in a singles competition. I think the run with the Miz has uh, overworked its stuff. There's there's not much more that can be done. Um, I do think that uh, Damian Priest, though, man, they just they just need to work this guy correctly, man. It's just it just needs to happen. You, I mean, you already saw what they did with you know, like I mean, Bad Bunny did it all on his own, and we talked about <laughs> you know, like Jared and I were uh, you know very much on the fence about this guy you know obviously before wrestlemania and uh you know gave him his props for sure guy guy put on a hell of a show absolutely yeah. so and i just um, gotta say since i wasn't on that last show real quick mm-hmm. for all the the marks out there that are that are critical because i've heard some some commentary on the airwaves about well you know you don't want a celebrity you know in a match like that 
being so impressive because usually you'll see a celebrity kind of take bumps, uh, which he did, but kind of take bumps in more of a defeatist way. And he's showing you what he's capable of. I, I prefer that actually. I, I'm impressed. And to me, it's kind of a reminder to the other boys in the locker room, like step up your game because Bad Bunny's got his shit together. Yeah, exactly. It's like if this guy could come in, but like it now, now this could be a good question too. Does it hurt the industry that a guy like Bad Bunny could come in with such short notice? Uh, well, not short notice, but like with such short amount of time of training compared to guys who are coming up through the indies that have to go through the NXT runs that have to do all this type of stuff. And this guy just gets pushed right into WrestleMania, has whatever experience he could bring with him, whether he worked day or night, because there are wrestlers out there that work day or night, uh, just like he does, uh, and that do not get the shot that he does. Do you think it hurts the industry? Do you think guys that work that hard that that may never get a shot like that? Uh, do you think it hurts their egos? Uh, because even though it's entertaining to us, I could see it going both ways behind the scenes. Um, I think it might hurt their egos, but I don't think it hurts their chances just because WWE is going to have celebrities on uh, WrestleMania every year, no matter what. So whether they're horrible or whether they're great. So I don't think you're ever going to change that. And I think if you're destined to be in WWE, I think you're going to get there eventually. Um, I just think they, I think the, the cream rise, you know, I think the, the cream rises to the top and they will find their way there. Yeah. Another another perspective to uh, that you can look at it from is uh, rosters. These talent rosters these days aren't necessarily deep, but they are heavy. And so, not just in WWE, but AEW across the board, wrestling promotions are facing this problem of there's so much talent and there's so limited, such limited time. So I could see from that standpoint that they're saying, hey, this you know this guy's taken a spot. That uh, meanwhile, you know, we didn't get into it yet, and I'm sure we will. But you know, with the releases, you know, a lot more talent kind of um, that could go elsewhere. So it's it's just everybody's competing for that that spot on the show and and. Now, it seems for now, at least for the short term, that it was a one-term deal because Bad Bunny's got his tour dates, but you know, it certainly leaves the possibility open that he might come back at some point. Um, also, Bad Bunny also helped elevate Damien Priest's character you know, as well. Yeah, because he's now more of a mainstream name. Right. Dude. To, to be in, attached to him. And like, I think like we spoke about in the, uh, in the WrestleMania preview show... Um, I think being in that spot with Miz and and Bad Bunny, I think it's a big spot. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, uh, you know, when we were on the uh, WrestleMania preview show and Brian was talking about how how popular he is, and then I and then I looked into him and just Bad Bunny being the number one artist out there and stuff, you know, on Spotify and shit like that, you know. And I think we alluded to it last episode. Um, but who knows where it goes from here, I guess. And in, now, in the next episode, Matt's going to be singing a bad bunny song. So, <laughs> or the Miz and Morrison's version with the hip, hip, hop, hop. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and then, uh, you know, for me later in raw, the, I think the one good takeaway from this episode for me was just the, uh, I mean, you know, the ending with, uh, McIntyre Orton and, uh, Strowman, um, I thought that it was cool to see that go down. Yeah, it was definitely uh it was definitely I thought it was a good match and all three guys yeah, that I that you know three of their three of their best, you know, going at it. Um mm-hmm. definitely entertaining. And they gave them time on the format, you know, like they it wasn't a short match. 
Yeah, it was it, um, it was definitely good. I, I, I kind of wish it was something that like so so I'm sorry to cut you off, Jared. No problem. I wish they built up these three in a storyline almost into a pay-per-view sort of triple threat title match. You know what I mean? Like that I think that awesome. I think this would be like sick. You know what I mean? That would Unfortunately, be awesome. I don't know what you know what's going on here and, and and I'm not even too sure how these three got together into into a match. Uh essentially, maybe it was just uh you know, it was just booked to find. Uh, well, it was probably booked just to see who's going to be contending. I guess who the hell knows. But even though well, McIntyre well, has has a title shot, I thought it was I thought it was cool how they all, uh, you know, like when McIntyre basically put himself at the front of the line, then Orton came out, then Strowman came out. I always I always like shit like that. Um, and we've seen they, that. That's the, the old wrestling thing, right? I mean, they open a lot of raws. They've opened a lot of raws like that. Uh, yeah. And just touching on what Matt said at the end of the match with uh, T-Bar and Mace, I think his name is, the yeah. moron. Um, <laughs> I uh, Well, his real name is D.L. Madden. He used to be on the uh, announced team. But uh, he, uh, I, I just I can't stand that now they're taking two retribution losers and they're going to stick them with, with uh, MVP and Lashley. It's almost like they don't even need, need anybody. Yeah. They're trying to revive the Hurt business, but they don't need to. Well, they shouldn't have broke up the hurt business in the first place, but um, I, I I'm just not a fan of uh, T Bar and Mace, to be honest with you. For a guy as big and dominant as Lashley is, and again, you look historic from a historical perspective in, in wrestling. All you need is just one guy as a mouthpiece. You know, Heyman did it so well for so many years for Lesnar as his advocate. MVP's doing a great job for Lashley. You really just could have kept it one and one there. You don't need. A supporting cast. It Even seems like they're trying to replicate. Mega. It seems like they're trying to replicate a Roman situation here in terms of just like you know Roman's like a head of a table guy and and I can't wait to talk about that shit because I have a lot of shit to talk about uh, that segment. But you know, get to but Matt, you, you know something. Roman's so so over, and Roman has been yeah. you know on the top of the mountain several times before. This is Lashley's first go around in WWE on top of the mountain. But I'm just talking about like the storyline that they're putting in them, even though they're in two different factions. Well, it's like, well, it's like Lashley's like the head of his table, uh, you know, sort of say he's like the head honcho yeah, in his crew. And he's sure, like but what I'm, the gangster and, you know, right. What I'm trying to say though, is like, you know, Drew, not Drew, uh, Roman has been, you know, a champion several times, which makes that storyline more believable. This guy's new to the fucking party. So yeah, yeah. I just, I, I just don't, I, I don't know. I, I'm not a fan of Lashley. I'm just not. And I am a fan of MVP though. So it, you know, it goes both ways for me there. And I don't hate him being champion, but I can see, I want Braun to be champion. I want Orton to be champion. I, I like McIntyre. Um, So for me, just as a, a mark itself, I don't like it, but I guess it's fine for now. Yeah, hey, listen, that's the beauty of it, right? I'm I'm not a huge Lashley fan either, honestly, but it's not like it's not hurting me too much that he has the belt because I know it's not gonna I mean, even though I think I even said earlier maybe for a long run, but there could be a really good chance it's only gonna be for maybe another like, you know, two, three months. Who knows, you know? Yeah, possibly, or maybe SummerSlam or whatever, August. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, I, and you know, so yeah, this brings us into anything. Yeah, you know, like Adam, you got anything else you want to talk about, Raw? I, I have one more thing before right. Adam goes. Let's do it, man. Uh, just quickly, um, I wanted to touch on how can we not talk about the Fiend and Alexa Bliss? Oh, yeah, bro. I'm so sorry. She's got her own doll now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, Lily, Lily. Uh, 
So Lily oh, the yeah. doll, Lily the doll was on the swing set. I mean, I'd love to know who <laughs> like this shit is so fucking great. Um, so I I wasn't as like in th- I I don't know I'm, I'm I'm gonna take the opposite approach here and 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 just say that it was cool and all, but I I feel like she's too like I don't know the doll thing. I don't know what's going on. I mean, I guess I got to see what's going on further. I can't make a full, full on blast. I I guess I was entertained because I was glued to the screen. So I can't, I can't deny right. that. You and, know what I mean? You know, so, and the whole black blood, black ink thing, you know, whenever that would happen to Orton, everyone yeah. hated it. But now all of a sudden it's coming full circle. Cause she had the black <laughs> blood, you know, pouring all over. I think, uh, I think whatever they do with these two, I think it doesn't matter. I think that everyone's going to love it. Um, and, I think they left a pretty big cliffhanger. I just, you know, nobody knows what's going to be with these two. Um, yeah, she's like, I, I don't f- need the darkness. I fuck the darkness in its face. Right, yeah. Um, so she's basically <laughs> saying she realized that she doesn't need him to, you know, do all this stuff and so on and so forth. And he basically was saying in the Return of the Firefly Funhouse that, you know, he can do it on his own. So I'm just curious to see where where his storyline goes, where her storyline goes. Maybe they'll have a battle of the fucking black ink. Yeah, are they going to face each other? Are WWE going to go that route? I just don't know. Um, So, yeah, man. It's it's wild, and I think they uh, definitely have something with with the two of them there. Yeah, it's it's definitely interesting, and and, and it's going to be... uh, Cool to see what happens. You know, you know what I love? Like when someone like Bliss and someone like uh the Fiend, you know, they don't they don't need a title match to make this, you know, like a great storyline. Yeah. I wish I wish uh child me who had no idea about Kayfabe uh was involved in watching this storyline rather than you know me seeing Alexa Bliss on Instagram going to a sporting event like the next day, like with yeah, her family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because then I'm like, fuck, uh, where's the black? I, I just, <laughs> I want her to turn on her fan. Yeah, when I see that, I want her to turn on her family. Yeah, like, wouldn't it be cool if she's in the stands all of a sudden and she just has the black ink and just starts like, you know, like her dad's like in on it, but like he just like rips like his his neck apart <laughs> or some shit. That'd, that'd be so great. And they'd just be like, oh my God. And like the cops come, but like, you know, obviously the whole stadium and team is, you know, is like in on it, but maybe the fans aren't. Oh man, that'd be fucking wild. It would be great. <laughs> the only thing I wanted to add, uh, I was going to actually stick with the women's division and talk about the, re- just really quickly, the return of Charlotte yeah. Flair and her interference in the Oscar. A Rhea Ripley rematch. So I just wanted to say, you know, great, great rematch. Um, and then Charlotte, you know, coming in and that promo was and, killer, Adam. Absolutely, just shows you how dominant she can be or is, you know, and 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 just a shame that she wasn't on the Mania card. But now that she's back and in the mix, really interesting storylines to come. And her and, you know, her, and Rhea, her and Rhea Ripley had a great match last year at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm, they, they tore, they definitely tore the house down when she became the NXT champion. Um, so, listen, Charlotte has a great match with everybody, and that division is absolutely loaded. Yeah, man, I, I, I think like if anything, Charlotte Flair's like that legend right now in terms of in like in in the women's division where. They were probably like, listen, take a back seat this year. Let like some other woman come up and kind of, you know, 
make a big name for themselves. And then we're going to pop you right back into the main mix after mania is over. And you're going to have all these fucking awesome storylines to go with between whether it's, you know, Ripley's going to be champion. Then you'll be able to resurface that whole storyline. And like, there's going to, you know, they probably were like, honestly, like, you know, you like, you like you could put people over by just not being involved in some like really, really main card stuff. You know what I mean? Because she captivates every time she's in the ring. You know what I mean? But at the same time, she's like her father, man. She puts people over in terms of uh, definitely, you know, having amazing matches with whoever it is in the ring. So it's it's it goes both ways. And what it could I- hurt and it couldn't hurt. But I guess because like you know, Jared, it goes back to your points as and Adam, you say it all the time too. The you know the women's division at in you know, WWE, even though she took a back seat, it could be catapulted with you know a lot of other <laughs> superstars. So what I liked about it most in terms of the promo, because again, I, I always look for patterns and things that, that work well across the history of wrestling. I really enjoy, for, especially from a, a wrestling heel, when they talk about how they've been fundamentally disrespected and ignored and mistreated. And, you know, that's, she hit the nail on the head with that in her promo. Definitely. Yeah, man. I, I yeah, yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree with you there. The promo was, uh, Top notch, and so, and they always so we'll are. give it five. We'll give it five woos, and uh, <laughs> yeah. now, now I'm ready to five woo to, marks. Yeah, yeah. Now we can whatever. What are we going into next? I hmm. guess we're going to talk about the head of the table on SmackDown. I love Charlotte Flair. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Roman uh, is still the still the uh, heavyweight champion. He's uh, still the head of the table. I'm, I'm going to um, shit talk this whole fucking promo. Yeah. Um. Obviously, he's uh. You know, he's flanked by, uh, you know, main event Uso and uh, Paul Heyman. Um, yeah, so the, this this promo, they came out and did their usual shtick, you know, how he, you know, pinned both of them and, and, and so on and so forth. Um, and then he was basically interrupted by Cesaro. Um, <laughs> yeah. Does anyone does anyone believe that Cesaro is going to beat Roman Reigns for the title ever? No. No, but I what I have to say, and I told this to Matt when we were watching live on Friday night, is that, I mean, here's another guy that just deserved a bigger push throughout his career, and the fact yeah, that it's just, happening now, it's like it's too little, too late. So put him, so put him in an intercontinental push. Put him somewhere there. I mean, he's going to go from his first WrestleMania win all the way to the main event. It's just unbelievable, and um, I don't think Roman should be even stuck with somebody like this because he's just so over. I'd rather see a Daniel Bryan rematch or an Edge rematch. And that's another thing. Where's Edge? Where's Daniel Bryan? You know, like these guys are just going to disappear now. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I, said, I, I said that. I said that to Jared when we were watching. I was like, is it because of the concertos and the chair shots and everything? Like, I mean, is that why Edge is not on TV? Because you would, how could he not have been on the SmackDown after Mania? Like, something's up Daniel, there. Daniel Bryan also, like, I mean, th- this is what I, listen, I love Edge and I do. He's one of my favorites. But this is what I hate when guys who are retired and who are already in the Hall of Fame come back because it's never for every week. And, Listen, you got to give guys like Roman credit. I mean, he's there week in, week out. And when he wasn't there, when he decided to take off, you know, because of the virus, because obviously he was, uh, you know, more vulnerable or susceptible than than, than most people, uh, he took off. Like, And then when he came back, it's full time. So for me, I think Edge needs to make his decision. Are you going to be here full time? Are you going to just jerk around and every other week or every two weeks? Um, 
Yeah, so I think they need to find. I think they need to find a formidable opponent for him, not Cesaro. Even though I think Cesaro is like very, 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 very good in the ring, uh, it's just not good enough. Well, I'm gonna let. Speaking of taking off, I'm gonna let uh, in a moment Matt take off on this whole thing and give his take. But because uh, I know he's got a lot to say, my the only thing I want to say, and I keep harping on it every time, people can agree, disagree. I'm getting sick and tired of him taking an hour to get to the ring. It's like exactly <laughs> this tough guy, but you know, every time you see him backstage, he's just sitting there like like he thinks he's uh, you know uh, Michael Corleone from, uh, yeah. from the Godfather, just sitting there with Heyman at his side and Uso just running around. But there's like he it, then it takes him forever to get to the ring. Like just I don't mind that, Adam. I, I think it's part of the whole spiel and the shtick. So uh, it is what it is. I listen. I understand I, you don't like I, it. But. No, I, I agree. No, so uh, I should clarify my point. I agree with you. But sort of in the same way that we've been critical of, of how Sting has been used in AEW, of like maybe that first time that he came out and said nothing, there's a certain layer of mystique. But when you do it week in and week out, it kind of gets dull. And so uh, for me with, with Reigns, it's like every time he's walking to the ring, the slow – now what I will give him – is that the promo is still incredible. And the promo on the go-home show before Mania was awesome. He's just, to me, his mic work has just improved leaps and bounds, and and I love him there. Um, So, yeah, I mean, we'll see how this goes with Cesaro. Um, And, yeah, I'm curious to hear what Matt has to say, too. Yeah, I mean, I, I I do agree with a lot of that stuff. Um, I Like, what to me, what like, you know, with this segment, with the whole, like, I came out, I said what I had to say, cut my check, get the jet ready, blah, blah, blah. Like, yo, f- shut the fuck up, man. Like, I mean, not him, the writers. If you're making him say that shit, like, shame on you, man. Because I just think it's so fucking retarded. And I don't like to use that word lightly. I used to be a special education teacher, and I don't like to use that word. When it comes out, it's because I'm mad. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so I, I don't want to, uh, I, I like, put it lightly that like stop with the shit like stop with the whole like oh you gotta get my jet ready blah blah like 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 what is your character you got the are you a Samoan chief Sambo. leader with like a lay are you this like gangster like like what's your deal what's your crew about like i have no idea what's going on here i haven't seen one segment with you on a fucking jet <laughs> no. so um he uh but i will say this he has he has done this shit before where he says he's only wrestling in one match one night uh that's what he's paid for that's his contract so um yeah it's definitely been brought up before, and yeah, the lead up to Mania, he said that. That's yeah, right, so tonight. and I th- and I think, like I said before, I think all this is part of the whole spiel and the whole shtick, the head of the table, this and that, and I don't know. I just don't. I don't find anything wrong with Roman's character per se. I think they've hit a home run with it uh, over and over and over again, and yeah. I think they're at a point with him where he is so such a heel, and um, that I think. They're going to carry on with this as long as they can until it gets stale, um, which is why he's still the champion, obviously. And from what I've read, they never plan to put the strap on uh, Edge or Daniel Bryan, which me- says to me that, you know, this storyline is so over and this character is so over. I- and I don't mind any of the the Jet stuff and this and that. Um it well, is, I mean, it that's is just one segment. I'm talking about this segment specifically. Uh, if we're talking about an overall character perception and things like that, obviously I enjoy the character and I and I enjoy what's yeah, going yeah. on. But Listen, yeah, for, it, for this promo, it just it just didn't do it for me. I don't think it was uh, you know totally necessary because then Cesaro comes out. But I guess because then and and then you see his reaction about that. He doesn't even turn around and let Cesaro even speak on the mic because I think see, I love that. I love that. Yeah, it no, no that's, I, I love that too. It just, it just, it just deepens it even more of, of the fact that like 
you know, this guy's fucking pathetic, but, but, but if the biggest twist <laughs> would be leading us on a path like this, where, where we're, where we're all like, all right, you know, WWE universe even knows that it's not believable that Cesaro wins, but then he fucking wins. <laughs> no. Matt, I, I can't listen. I, that would be some crazy, crazy shit. But uh, I don't see that happening. I would love. It would be to the number it. one trending thing on Twitter instantly if Cesaro were to win. For sure, for the sure. King of swing. For yeah. sure. Um, another thing is, I would love you know to see now Rollins get involved with Ro- I would love to see Rollins get involved with Roman somehow. Yeah, just based I mean, on their history and yeah, you know the Shield and I, I don't know. I would just love to see that, you know, and just with how Moxley's doing, you know, how he's you know a headliner in in New Japan and and EW and how these two would just I guess complete the Shield, you know, actually like being on top of the wrestling world almost. Yeah, yeah. Embrace the vision. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just I always like that stuff. Where remember where Braun and, and and Bray were were feuding when Braun lost the title to Bray. I mean, I thought I, I love that stuff where there's nostalgia and history behind the match. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. So, um, I would love to see Roman get involved. And now that's a now that's a person I could see. You know, beating Roman Rollins. Yep. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, I just thought. They they like to waste their time WWE and give you bullshit matches at pay per views that they don't care as much about. Yeah, so you, unfortunately so that's the realm we're going to be in. Last question for me on on this on this angle, and this is for you, Jared. Um, with the with this booking with Cesaro, uh, you brought up I think very well from a logical standpoint why it's wrong to do this right now. But do you think that Cesaro, just given his you know his athletic ability and what what he's capable of. Do you think that he ever could have or could be world champion? Adam, like I said, though, I, I do, but start with an intercontinental title first, a U.S. title first, and then work your way up. Sort of like what they're doing with Big E, I assume. Big E will be in the, in the title picture soon. You know, you got to have your run as the mid-card champion first. Yep. That's just my opinion. Pay your dues, work your way up. Yeah, listen, Roman was an intercontinental champion. Seth was an intercontinental champion. You know, the Miz, all these guys, they they were they were intercontinental US champions before they became heavyweight Absolutely, champions man. and the big stars that they were tag team champions. I know he's already been tag team champion several times over, but you know, when you break away from that, you know, that's just my opinion. I, I just don't know how you go from, you know, Rollins to, you know, never holding a title, facing Rollins at Mania, and then you know, all of a sudden in the main title picture. Well, well, Jared, from going to, from this disappointment, that's really saddened you from, from using Cesaro to the disappointment of the WWE releases. Let's talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I was shocked at Samoa Joe, but uh, as we all, as we all found out the next day, they put Pat McAfee on the desk with Michael Cole, which I know move. I could speak. I could speak for Matt and I think it's absolutely huge yeah, that huge. they did that. And he – let me tell you something about McAfee. He is great. Yeah, top-notch. Listen, Joe was great too, but McAfee's a different animal. No, now, yeah, so, what, yeah, Joe, so Joe was on, was on he's Raw. He's living though, in the same stratosphere. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So Joe was on Raw, so they moved Corey Graves, who also I think is a very good announcer, yeah. um, over to Raw, which they desperately need. Um, and now McAfee's with Cole on SmackDown, which is absolutely incredible. Um, I think WWE hit a home run. It's unfortunate that 
they released Samoa Joe, who I love as a wrestler. Um, but listen, the guy's been hurt, and we don't know if he could wrestle. We don't know what kind of shape he's in. Um, but listen, I'm excited to see what goes, what where this goes for Samoa Joe from here because he was a guy I knew, you know, from TNA. So I'm very excited to see where he goes in there. He was a TNA legend, is a TNA legend, absolutely. And um, yeah, I think his, I think he'll do much better work outside of WWE. He was never really given much of a, you know, a push. push of, you know, listen, he was in a few title matches with Braun and Lesnar or whatever, but. It was never a serious threat or anything like that, and I think he could uh, do wonders outside of this. Ring company. of Honor would, a- would, would get my indie boner hard. Oh yeah, and <laughs> that'd he be was a good in, one. And, and he was in Ring of Honor, yeah. so there you go. Let me. I'll give you my take on Joe in a second, and and this kind of maybe my perspective behind this this release. But with McAfee, I 100 percent agree with you guys. The only thing I would add, and I've kind of heard this on some of the rumor mills and 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 on the you know people you know in the in the industry talking about it too, is he had such a did such a great job in his debut match last year and in that whole feud and what he did on NXT that I think that what this could potentially build to and it's not well, certainly would not have been the first time that WWE has done this is factoring in a WWE commentator into the into angles and into matches and so I I don't think that his in ring work is done. I think we will see him back in the ring at some point. I agree, Adam. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I hope so. He's an amazing wrestler. So. I just want to touch also on the uh, on the iconics being released. I think AEW needs to pick uh, both of them up. And yeah, that would be huge. I, th- you know, they, I, we've talked about this a few times. And but Chelsea not really Green. In depth. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's fine. Um, but the iconics are established. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, the iconics for sure. Chelsea Green would probably go to Impact if anything, because Cardona and her are, are married. Well, right? So. she came. She didn't. She come from Impact, also. Probably. Yeah. Uh, but we, we haven't talked about this in depth, and I just want to touch on it really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where AEW starts with the women's division. Okay, you don't start in Japan. You don't. This is where you start. You go from WWE releases, and it's sort of like what it's sort of like when what the Brooklyn Nets did. You know, when they were bad, when they didn't have any draft picks. You know, they started just fishing. You, you know, they fished for guys like Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert that they got in. The, you know, that they got off free agency and late in the first round and second round draft picks. And you keep fishing, you're eventually going to get you know star players where you could build your team around. Sort of what the Knicks are doing now, and you know, so eventually they can get big star players. So this is what AEW should be doing now. You take all, you take these women that are released from WWE. Because you don't listen, they don't need the men as much as they need the women, and a lot of the men released won't do much for them. So um, yeah. these two definitely could help elevate the women's division. Everything they know about the WWE and could definitely help elevate AEW's women's division. Listen, it's not Charlotte, it's not Oscar, it's not, so on, so on and so forth. But it's definitely a start, and I think AEW definitely needs to scoop these two up. Yeah, this way Spears gets to be with his. Uh... Is yeah, his she, wife or his girlfriend? Uh, wife. She could be part of the yeah. pinnacle. <laughs> I got to say, what, one of the funniest things this this past week on, in the rumor mills was with Bo, Bo Dallas's release. There was speculation that he was actually the fiend, which I thought was hysterical. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw all that where Alistair Black could have been the fiend and Bo Dallas could have been the fiend. Uh, I think it was Bray. I think it was Bray the whole time. I I saw the, his the tattoo on the neck that coming up from the back. And and his wide get, his wide 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 broad shoulders, <laughs> yeah, I, I, right, and, and the wide figure. But I don't know if you guys do remember, I did say when when the match started that it looked like Bray lost weight. 
And um, listen, it makes me think a little, but I definitely think it was Bray. I don't think it was. Which, speaking else. of weight, real yeah, quick, just to circle Bray. back on my point about Joe, is that he's gained a lot of weight in the years that he hasn't been working. And I and I, I heard some other commentators bring this up too. One of the downsides of for a lot of these TNA guys that were stars in TNA and then you know brought into the, the WWE fold, it was kind of later, I think, in their career. And had they maybe started earlier in WWE, maybe the push would have been better. And with Joe, one of the things that I read is that because he's been so poorly misused, even during some of his TNA run, he just kind of got disaffected and, and complacent at a certain point. And, and you know, he wasn't working out as disciplined as he used to. But if he started to, again, I mean, I'm a TNA mark too, uh, Jared. And his, I mean, when when Angle debuted in TNA, his feud with Joe was I thought was awesome. So I, I think he's a criminally misused guy throughout I, his career. Adam, I totally, totally agree. Well, I think we could uh, jump into this week's AEW uh, Dynamite episode. I, I have a little bit of speculation and, and predictions here just off the bat if you guys want to jump into it with me you guys want to you yeah. guys want to come swim in, in a little I'm bit swimming. of AEW let's, swim, let's swim it let's swim in the first match first because i know yeah. that you had a lot to say about this match yeah i uh i absolutely loved it but just to start off anyway you know we had mjf and, and uh, tyson in the beginning a little bit of a uh, funny little promo there with uh, mjf trying to uh you know buy off Mike Tyson with a little bit of blank check uh, promo right over here. Um, I thought that was pretty uh, funny. I thought Mike Tyson was a little bit over the top in regards to his, uh, you know. He tried to swing the check away and he missed the first time. (laughs) Yeah, it was just just a little over the top. But listen, nonetheless, entertaining. And then he Um, ate it. Now you can eat checks. (laughs) Yeah. Fucking monster. Um, But – the first match, man, Young Bucks versus Death Triangle, that being uh, Ray Phoenix and Pac. Um, I absolutely love when these guys are in the ring. Um, I thought this match was fantastic. If we were giving any type of ratings for it, which we're not, so I'm not going to go into it, it would be a little bit on, on, on the higher side for me. I thought the uh, there was one move during the match, and I just have to say, uh, Nick Jackson, I think is, is a superb wrestler. I think he's, he's, he's a lot better than Matt, but they both obviously work great together. Um, I love this new gimmick that they're on right now in terms of their, uh, destroying their baby face persona. They are super cocky. They're super bougie now with their Dior, uh, wrestling boots, they uh, have Callus behind them now, 100%, which is going to, I think, do wonders for their career. Um, yeah, man. I, 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 I know uh, certain people do not like the Bucks. I, I was a big fan of them in the indies. I started losing uh, faith in them in regards to just the way that they were booking themselves in AEW and their way that they were doing their promos and their super babyface uh, you know, personas. And now I think we're seeing a rebirth of a great tag team. They're growing up. They are going to start being way better heels. Uh, And like I said, Don Callis is going to uh, do wonders for them. And I'm going to predict here and say that they could possibly be, uh, you know, one of the best tag teams, Uh, you know, like, like I know they are now, but I think they're going to be out of the whole industry in wrestling. 
uh, we'll be talking about them in five, six months from now as, as, as being the best tag team in uh, wrestling. So let me, let me ask you this, Matt, because in parts I agree with you, but we talked earlier about the downside of breaking kayfabe and with their weekly B- BTE show. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's kind of relevant here because they've dragged out this baby face versus heel internal struggle or conflict that they've had for a yeah. while now to finally be hundred percent full bore, you know, heels, like you said, callous behind them. They're, they're tight with Omega again, but they were going back and forth and you saw a lot of that play out on BTE. And you also see on that Monday show, kind of the nicer, softer side of them too. So to me, but I it's wonder. It's going like, disappearing after this week. Right. I guarantee on Monday, you're not going to see that. Well, that's so. That's what I'm saying. Is that in this day and age, yeah. with wrestlers being on Twitch and vlogging, and and you know, so the the impact of social media having destroyed kayfabe so much. Well, that, I think they even uh, went they on really Twitter have to recently. Play to that character. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Like they went on Twitter recently. They were like, "Look, we have a new bio or something." You know, and like 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 they're being like over the top, like heels. I think all around, they're trying to make that persona like. Uh, across all types of platforms and stuff like that. So, and you know what they say, right? That I mean, when you when you're playing a character, it is in some sense, in most cases, an extension of who you really are. And mm-hmm. I, you, I think that this is really, especially with Matt Jackson, that kind of annoying heel type of character and the arrogance, the ego, like you said, that's yeah. that is the box. And so they're finally playing to that. Um, but I want to. We have to give credit though to Death Triangle because, it, in terms of from a wrestling standpoint, because some of the moves that Phoenix did, especially. I mean, well, first of all, the double poison Ranas was amazing. The move that he that, that Phoenix did coming off the barricade, doing the flip and then into the cutter. Yeah. I've seen him do that multiple times. That was the highlight of the night for me. I, I mean, this match stole the show. I thought it was the um. Yeah, wait, Jared, go ahead, buddy. Because yeah, I, I, uh, I definitely want to hear your side. Because I because I know you definitely have come with a different yeah, uh, perspective. Listen, I can't I can't argue about the in ring uh the what what went on in the ring. You know, as far as you know, wrestling or whatever. Because it was definitely a you know a five star match in the ring. To yeah. me, I think the Bucks cut horrible promos. I think Pac is one of the most overrated people in the business. The guy has accomplished absolutely nothing. He um. He he disappeared during the pandemic. Obviously, couldn't get out. You know, couldn't get here. But um, he's been nothing but a mid carter at best in AEW. Was a cruiserweight in WWE. Uh, the guy he he come he came in a full you know came in supposedly going to be a main a main card guy and uh, you know top of the line guy for the heavyweight title. I don't know. To me, the whole the whole the in ring match was good, but it's just there's nothing to to this. I mean, they've been building toward this for weeks, and it's just there's nothing to it. Um, so I do think Callus is uh, actually very important to the Bucks because they need him, like Matt said. They need him to up their promo game. That's right. Yeah, I agree with you. yeah, they're horrible on the mic, and I don't think they're anywhere close to being the best tag team in the world. Um, I, I don't think they're. I don't think they're lure transferred over from Japan well at all. Where they were very popular, where I came to know them and sort of actually liked them because I saw like a mix of the Rockers and some other old school tag teams, but. It just didn't translate well to America for some reason, and they just really screwed themselves up. I think Matt sort of alluded to it, you know, with with the, between the baby face and the heel, whatever. Um, and I am sort of excited to see themselves try to pull themselves out of this hole that I believe they're in. Um, and nobody better than Don Callis. I actually have I love Callis now. I actually think he's just as good as um, I think he's just as good as Heyman, if not better, in this role. Um, 
and I, I actually had the same feelings about Omega that I do about the Bucks until uh, they paired him with Callus. So, and now I, I kind of like Omega as champion with Callus. So, uh, add a little bit of context. I mean, for people that don't know, Callus has been in the game a long time, and Jericho alluded to this on the on the Stone Cold podcast. A lot of people don't know him who are just WWE marks, sort of like myself, who are new. You know, obviously AEW is new to everybody, but um who didn't watch TNA or Impact or New Japan or whatever it was. And a lot of the time, Adam, he was on commentary. So in this in this specific role, I think he's actually pure gold. But as far as that tag match goes, I don't know. There was no substance to it other than the great in-ring wrestling that um, that, that that took place. I just think AEW needs to do better to, you know, making more of their storyline. So, for example, I think they do a good job with the pinnacle and, you know, the inner circle, whereas they could have done a similar build to, you know, I guess Pac, you know, and uh, Phoenix versus uh, the Bucks. So that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a very, very honest take, and I and it's definitely respectable take for sure uh, on on that entire whole situation because uh, you know, Callus uh, is is going to He's be gold. the catalyst He's here. Gold. Yeah, it's it's going to be up to him to see where the Bucks go, and I just have all the faith that uh, that within the next six months, uh, these you know these guys are going to be uh talked about uh quite a bit if i mean <laughs> they are now but i think i think it's just going to be in a different light where we're going to be sitting here going like damn like aw like got some gold here right now so yeah listen you're probably listen with catalyst uh, i tend to lean toward you know what you're saying and agree with you yeah. but without callus they're horrible yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's why they're 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 uh, they probably so admitted are, defeat and they said, "All right, Callus, you know, let's do it." Yeah, and so are guys like Lashley. You know what I mean? We spoke about that a little earlier. I mean, yeah. they're you know, and even Lesnar wouldn't have the same. I mean, you can't put Lesnar with all the rest of these guys, but no. he wouldn't even have the same like shtick if it wasn't for Heyman. You know what I mean? So yeah, he would never talk. So <laughs> right. So um, it's just Callus is so freaking good and. I know I talk about this every week, but it makes me laugh. Uh, what sold me on Callus was the uh, the is it the better than Hack and Schmidt, better yeah, than God better than Hack and Schmidt, better than Flair, better than Hogan. And yeah. I, mean, I love that shit. I yeah. love it. And, and, and when he says Kenny, by God, Omega, and he's he's Don by God Callus. <laughs> yeah, I love it. All right, well uh, that 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 brings us. Uh, I want to talk really quickly just about the Red Velvet uh, Jade uh, Cargill match because that that came to a head finally. It's just been I fast, for, I fast forwarded through. Yeah, the whole thing I mean it I wasn't um it wasn't really a, a great match. I just want to say, uh, Adam, you allude to it all the time when uh, Jade Cargill's in the ring. She is a very what type of wrestler? She's a very s- stiff. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> She's a very erect wrestler. Um, <laughs> And uh, you know she 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 definitely has a lot of work to do um, in the ring. Uh, I think uh, Red Velvet, on the other hand, is very talented. Um, is is way more polished than Jade Cargill. I love the Tope Suicida she hit during the match. I think that was just the highlight for me. Uh, nothing really much to take away here besides that um, it was a mediocre match. And let me, uh, but let me ask you guys a question: Why isn't Jade Cargill? practicing day and night like bad bunny was 
Exactly. Well, that's what I mean. The story was that she has been training, but my my point in in when I said to Matt that she's stiff is that I think that some people. It's kind of like when CM Punk went to the UFC. He ended up training with Duke Rufus and some of the best people in the in the in the industry, and it's still he's just not talented as an MMA fighter. So I think with Cargill, I mean, she's this you know bodybuilder type great at that but no matter how much she trains i think she's going to be stiff in the ring because but, at, but what about a guy like braun Strowman, who was a world's strongest man i mean he made it he made he made it you know seamlessly and to me to me adam um if you're athletic like she is uh my feeling is that you could do anything athletically so um the fact that she if you say that she's practicing day and night, something's not right there. Um, this guy, Bad Bunny, who had no wrestling history, who potentially has no athletic ability, which he does, um, this guy killed it at WrestleMania. And and the fact that she's putting on stiff matches and it makes their women's division look so, so bad, which it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just... It's unwatchable. Uh, it's unwatchable. Yeah, I mean, the, the match was horrible. So, yeah, I got nothing much to say. Just uh, they probably should have waited a, a while before throwing her right into a dynamite uh, a situation. They should have worked her a lot on these YouTube shows and uh, threw her into the indie scene a lot more, let her come up and then come in polished. But they kind of rushed this uh, Jade Cargill. And uh, I, I don't know if they're going to be able to dig themselves out of this right now. So... I don't know either. Uh, next on, on my, I don't even want to talk about the QT Marshall situation going on here. This uh, Anthony Ogogo guy, I think he's what, like an Olympic uh, boxer. He's a bro- bronze that, bronze medalist. That ga- oh. that gained 60 pounds. Yeah. Um, horrible match. Don't even want to talk about it. It's a waste uh, of time. Um, don't know what they're doing there. Uh it's I a waste thought, of time. It's a waste of time. Why? Why isn't this guy on dark or the other? The other. Yeah, show? it's just. Uh, yeah, elevation. it's. Yeah, it should be darker elevation s material there, but they decided to put it on a Wednesday night uh, primetime television event. Uh, and then this is where I probably start to try to force myself to stay awake because I'm like, you know, new dad working, and and this uh, bores the fuck out of me. Um, I mean, listen, they. It's just. AEW has become very boring in my opinion. It's just they I don't know. It's just it's it's I'm getting I'm getting close to my breaking point, fellas, honestly. Well, what I thought was going to wake me up was the Chris Jericho versus uh, Dax Harwood match cuz we had a little Tyson enforcing and, you know, uh there were a real punch by the way. He definitely injured Harwood. I read Yeah, I think he definitely Yeah, I thought that was the, probably the funniest thing from that match. It looked like when uh Tyson went to go throw his punch, it looked like he definitely connected on Dax's face. Um uh I thought that this match though also was pretty uh mediocre. I thought I was going to get a lot more cuz after seeing Jungle Boy uh versus Dax Harwood months ago, uh they put on a, a five-star match in my opinion. Um, I thought that this was going to be at least going to be like a four star match for me. It was not even like a three and a half star match. Uh, so that leads me to believe also that Jungle Boy is that damn good. Um, but I don't have much to say about this match. If, if any of you guys want to discuss anything or have any takes about what went down uh, with Tyson and all this stuff, uh, now, my only thing it. is, you know, just from a historical perspective, again, I was watching the other day going back to, you know, Tyson, you know, his, his whole usage in uh, WWE for Mania, you know, 
Stone Cold and Michaels, and because because when, when he punched Harwood, it just reminded me of you know the when he punched uh, Michaels after that match, you know, and and uh, um, it's just to me, I feel like here you've got another case of you've got uh, a superstar, just like how with Shaq they had this guy who's a basketball star, and how they just they use him for a one and done bullshit match. And like here with, with Tyson, he's eating paychecks. He's, you know, yeah. just like standing around. And uh, I, I feel like he could have been used much better here. Yeah. It's, it's uh questionable about what's going on, but uh, not, nonetheless, not, not a great uh, look for AEW. And uh, it was, it was a horrible in-ring match. I'll, I'll say that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I did not the, like two them, the two of them cannot wrestle anymore. Uh, well, Jericho can't wrestle anymore, even though I love him. And Dax Hardwood, I mean, how come he's the one always fighting and not Cash Wheeler? Yeah, I don't know. He, yeah, I mean, he, I th- it's, it's, also, it's also one of those cases of, of a tag. I mean, they're so great as a tag team that maybe they should just never compete as singles competitors. I hate when they do that, too. Me, too. Me, too. It's so I, 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 I Like, I hate when they take a legit te- – you know, if they want to take Phoenix away from Pac and put him in a singles match, okay, it's believable because – Right. Like, right. Those, guys, those guys are great singles wrestlers. Yeah, like that's where they've made their names. But when you're a wrestler that's made their name as a tag wrestler, it is very, very, very hard for you to become a believable singles competitor. And uh, that's just totally that's just something man. in my mind. Yeah. Uh, so um, I don't know what AEW does there. There's a lot of guys that you could throw into the ring. Like, why don't you throw Archer into the ring versus Jared? Right. Like, whatever, man. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of guys Cage. out there. Nero, anyone. Cage. Yeah. Yeah. Cage, Ricky Starks, all these fucking guys. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. I don't want to get started, man. I'm just going to get Yeah. And well, and, and, miserable and this, on a Sunday morning. Yeah. And listen, and, and this, I'm going to lead you guys right into the, to the main event here. Um, this, uh, th- this is the case also for, uh, Darby versus Matt Hardy. What the fuck am I watching? What am I watching here? <laughs> listen, I know the spots were okay outside the ring. It was no holds barred. I feel like I watch that every week on AEW, but, uh, exactly. Um, yeah. besides that, it's, Besides that, do you think I want to see Matt Hardy? Do you think AEW marks who mostly hate WWE want to see friggin' Matt Hardy? Um, I personally don't, and I don't think they do either. I don't think you guys want to see him. He's fucking horrible, and he's another one who's he's as stiff as could be in the ring. Bad hips, whatever it may be. Um, this yeah, is what I'm a watching. lot of guys that could put a, a way better match on. Like, even though I have to say this. Um, I thought the match was entertaining in itself because it's always chaotic. I I I, I know what Adam's going to say in regards to that sense of it, so I'm gonna I'm gonna let him take that well, one. I'm, I'm done here, but uh, yeah, I, you know, I thought I thought the match was entertaining, um, and and I think the reason why they make it so chaotic is because of the reason why Matt Hardy's not as you know, great as he is. So it takes away from him. You know, he's able to catch his breaths, I guess, or whatever it is, or maybe both of them are allowed to. Um, I thought the finish was awesome. Uh, I think that Darby, uh, like I always say, he's, he's, you know, he's got that attitude era esque hardcore, uh, you know, sh- you know, stick to him right now, which I love. I just think that, uh, he's, he's a little careless and I, and, you know, in terms of the stuff he does outside of the ring, like he's always got to try to put on some stunt or something. I think, I think one day he's just going to hurt himself and it's going to ruin his, uh, wrestling career. But, um, yeah, man. Uh, entertaining match, I thought, uh, and I do agree with Jared wholeheartedly that there's so many other guys that you could throw into a match like this. Like, I'd rather see Ricky Starks versus Allen in, 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 a, in a type of match like this. Like, give some young guys 
yeah. you know, like their dues and their bumps right now. Because even when Matt Hardy took that leg drop at the end uh, onto the table, like it was three feet off the ground. Like it, it didn't seem like it wasn't that. You mean crazy. The, the coffin drop? No, no, no. When Matt Hardy did a leg drop off of the, oh, the leg uh, drop, yeah, yeah, like off the ladder, the yeah. coffin drop was dope. I mean, uh, yeah, that was cool. You know, but uh, you know, I don't know. My, it, my, it was, my whole deal was a good match. This. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna give Hardy a pass in one area, which is he, he literally just lost his dad the, the day before. So Papa Hardy's yeah. dead, and how dare you, Jared? You're brutal. You're horrible. No, I'm just <laughs> but but so but I listen. I agree 100 percent because if he was the Hardy of old, and I mean I think, and and you know Darby's talked about this too that you know kind of looked up to the Hardy Boys and the style seems to complement what the Hardy boys would do in their original WWE heyday. I think that if you had both Hardys more in their prime in AEW, it's a different story, but you've got Hardy, Matt Hardy here, you know, he's in his late forties, his ring attire. I mean, I don't know what the hell he's wearing with those pants that he's been wearing the past few weeks and uh, actually longer than a few weeks. Uh, and to your point about the chaos, this goes back to what Jared was saying. It's great. If you do it once or twice, Every match, there's always a brouhaha. There's always a fight, a breakout <laughs> going on, and it's chaos, and you can't keep up with what's going on in the match. And then Sting comes out, you know, just <laughs> contributes all of like two seconds, and then they're still fighting, and he just walks away. He just, he just gives, like, he just hands the bat over to Darby, and he's like, "The you now have the power." Which, which, and I have another thing too is, and this is a, a very small point, but it just shows you how they fundamentally misused people and and their horrendous booking is when a lot of these brawls happen with factions that have heel managers. You'll see like a Jake, a Jake Roberts, uh, just stand there, you know, and, yeah, or or like Paz sometimes when a guy's just getting beaten up, you know, and they just they just kind of stand there because what the hell can they do? It's just, it's, I think it also is kind of the function of the way that. Daily's place or wherever they've been for all of these shows, every time that just the structure of the, I guess the arena with the steps up there, it's kind of like, it just kind of also looks ridiculous. And I think that was reflected in this final match. Just the chaos didn't work for me. I'm a fan of Darby because of his persona and some of the crazy shit he can do like that coffin drop at the end. Yeah. But overall it's just, they got to stop with the chaos and go back to actual wrestling. Say Lance Archer almost threw the fucking uh, private party guy through the fucking ring. Yeah, yeah, he did. Right in front um, of Sting's face, he was like, "You want to see me?" Like you know, because of that promo from the week before, and he just fucking annihilated that dude, bro. I was like, "Oh my god!" I threw him, threw him through the fucking ring. <laughs> yeah, I thought so too. <laughs> uh, I just want to touch on. I just want to touch on Darby real quick. Um, yeah. When is this guy gonna face somebody real? Yeah, I don't know. Well, well he's. he's a- yeah. He's he's a, he's a horrible champion. Doesn't defend the title again, and when he does, it's against losers. And I just don't see where they're going with this. Like well, that's I don't part of, part of the gimmick is that that's sort of changing because you know. So he has, to your point, he has been defending it recently, but it's been against losers like a JD Drake. Who who, right. who the hell is that? Who's he defending right. it against next week? I think I think that's someone formidable. Well, he called out. So he tweeted Tony Khan, and he's like, you know, book me in a match. You know, put me. And and remember, he cut that promo. I think two weeks ago, where he said, "I'll take all comers." You know, uh, yeah. I've only where he made the point that he's like, I. But at that time, he's like, I've only defended it three times in the past. However many months, just so now he'll start defending it. But again, who's he going up against? Peanuts. Hmm. Yeah. Um. I I just think he is not a also not a believable champion. And what are they waiting for? Stink to turn on him and make him the TNT champion? Like, 
if that happens, I'll never watch again. <laughs> I think they're doing this all on purpose just to piss off fans like you. Look, listen, it's not too smart because they need fans like me who are, you know, who watch even though they don't like AEW. So. Which, and here's here's another crazy thing in all of this. And a lot of it is because of NXT moving to Tuesday nights. AEW peaked on their viewership this past week, 1.2 million viewers. Now, is that gonna is that gonna decline and go back to their standard like 700 or 800 thousand? Once people who the, the those few people from NXT that were holdovers, once they realize what the fuck they're watching, they're gonna be like, shit, I'm going back to Tuesdays and watching NXT. Yeah, um, I'll tell you, AEW is real close to losing a lot of people, in my opinion. They just they don't use. They don't use their championships very well, um, other than the world title, and I just think uh, it might be time to strap somebody else with the TNT title, like Miro or something like that. Yeah, and it'll it'll eventually happen for sure. One thing I got to—I uh, know that Matt, you had a few uh, Japan, New Japan things. Yeah, I just want yeah, to brush up on something before on. we end. Yeah. Can I just can I just make one one quick thing about yeah, because uh, uh, you know Jared brought up the that the AW World Championship is is the one that really has resonance. I just got to say, nobody really watches Impact, so I'm not going to go into it. But the one thing I want to say is Mauro Ronaldo is going to be calling the uh, Omega Rich uh, Swan. Uh, double championship match and um for those of you that know ronaldo from wwe i think he did a tr- tremendous job as a commentator there with nxt he also has a, a mma pedigree being a commentator for uh, bellator um and uh believe it or not he actually called the uh, the tyson roy jones uh fight there i don't think he did as well of a job but he has that kind of um enthusiasm that i really like from like a matt striker on commentary so i'm i'm actually looking forward to not just his commentary, but but maybe Omega beating Swan and then being a double champ. So that's that's my two cents on Impact. Awesome. All right, man. Well, uh, um, I just want to just brush up really, really quickly. Um, Ring of Honor coming up this Saturday has their 500th episode. Uh, that's a major milestone. Um, it's it's. I just want to say a company that I did not think was going to weather the pandemic at all, um, but. They have, and they've been putting out great wrestling. Uh, and I know, um, you know, Adam and Jared, you guys are are are, are uh, you know definitely well, uh, you know, into uh, the wrestling world like I am. And uh, you know, Ring of Honor is 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 just one of those things that uh, you know not everybody out there is totally into right now because of AEW making their. Uh, appearance up right without AEW, ring of honor really was at the forefront of being that like right under wwe and uh now that AEW kind of has taken over it's you know it's 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 been it's been wwe always at the top then AEW now and now ring of honor so it's so it's so it's taken a little bit lower of a uh pedestal well i'd even say new japan is is, is before ring of honor in terms of uh popularity and stuff but um like I said, if you have the Fight TV app, it's free. F I T E. Uh, you could watch all the episodes for free. So definitely check out the 500th episode. I'm sure they're going to line up some really, really awesome stuff for it. Uh, Ring of Honor never fails to put out. So uh, definitely. Yeah, and, go I, and I got to thank Matt for turning me on to the Fight TV app. For anybody out there, definitely check out Ring of Honor. Uh, they just celebrated the 19th anniversary not too long ago, and had, mm-hmm. so that was another milestone show that they had. Um, yeah. A lot of the people that you're watching now that made it to the big time started there. And a lot of the people that were at the big time are there now. 
um, like like Jay Lethal, who I've just always been a huge fan of. So yeah. um, coming up on 20 years, can't believe there's still, you know, people say how is Impact still hanging around? Ring of Honor, there's more credibility to say like, yeah, they're not just hanging around, but they're they're doing a good job. And, and I hope that one thing is, as things continue to get better with the pandemic, you know, they get fans back because that whole indie vibe that they, you know, that they brought in, oh, yeah. they, they really had, they really had a hardcore fan base and still do. Going to that Hammerstein ballroom, man, is uh, something else. It's uh, definitely a lot of fun. Um, and I just want to just bring up uh, New Japan has their USA Cup going on. The winner of this uh, tournament does get a shot at the Never Openweight Championship. Uh, right now, um, Leo Rush is not going to be in the finals. Brody King has... Uh, beat him in uh, the last uh, New Japan US Cup tournament match. Um, I believe it sets the finals, so uh, I'm not too sure when they're set for, but I just want to, I didn't want to touch base on that really too much. I want to talk about Leo Rush and uh, what's been going on in him really quickly. I don't want to take too much time, but uh, wrestling has seen uh, its fair share of guys who leave uh, big promotions and that rebrand themselves and remake a name for themselves out in the Indies. Um, whether you like a wrestler's work or not, for example, a guy like Cody Rhodes is somebody who was not, never even close to being on my radar. Um, whether you like him now or not, he has done uh, what a lot of wrestlers try to do after either getting cut from WWE or asking for a release because they're, not being used correctly or in their eyes, not being used correctly. Uh, they try to rebrand themselves through working the indie scenes, through doing whatever they can, if that's still their passion, right? Uh, Leo Rush being one of these guys now who has made a uh, resurgence in the independent wrestling scene. He uh, is doing his small independent uh, wrestling events versus Joey Janela on Atlantic City boardwalks to yeah, wrestling. I, in. Actually, I yeah. actually saw that. Yeah. I actually saw that. I was at the pool at Ocean uh, Casino and I'm watching Leo Rush and Joey Janela wrestle. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Whenever you mention these two idiots, that's a, this is the first I'm glad you brought this up because this because I was gonna say this. This is the first thing that comes to my mind. So I'm watching two idiots wrestle on the Atlantic City boardwalk, okay? And then they expect me to believe that well, these guys are gonna like be major uh participants in a major federation. Don't think so. Well, you know, that's where it starts. You know, they get their legs back and, and uh, you know, they start from exactly. the bottom and, and, they, and they work their way up. You know, that's where it starts before you make WWE and AEW. Yeah. Not when you, you know, get, not when you get canned or leave. It's just usually you know you it is. big federations don't want to take a shot on probably someone like Leo Rush or whatever it may have been for his reason to get cut or if it's his attitude or just work ethic, whatever it is. So they're like, you know what? You know, before we take a chance on you, you go wrestle the gym scenes and and, and all that stuff. And if you uh, have the passion know, and, and usually, uh, you know, usually when usually when guys get cut from a, a big promotion like WWE or AEW, which I don't know if we've even seen anybody get cut from there yet, but uh, usually they don't take a fall like that. Yeah, I mean, it definitely and, happens. Uh, let me though. tell you something. Let me tell you something about Leo Rush. I have zero respect for the guy. He was on MTV The Challenge and the guy quit. Okay to quit a chance to win a million dollars. He quit because he missed his family. Don't give me that bullshit. Don't get, I mean, <laughs> guy has no mental toughness at all. 
<laughs> well, boy, I think you know, we, I think we need to book a promo between Matt and uh, Jared for all the back and forth that's happened on this show. No, listen, listen, it, it's it's uh, you know, like these are great perspectives. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't, so, I don't get so, the, Matt, uh, let me the ask you, perspective. Matt, let me ask you a question. This little tournament is for the number one contender for Moxley's title. No, for the never open weight championship. I don't, I don't even know. Man. I don't even know what the never open weight championship is. It's just another. It's just another class belt. That's uh, IWGP. Let me let me try to save this a little bit for you, Matt. And maybe maybe we could change Jared's perspective in one one sense. We we're talking earlier about best tag teams. I gotta say, a couple weeks ago on Dynamite, uh, Callus when he's backstage with the Good Brothers and Omega, and they're watching footage. I think of Finn Juice competing in, and I forget, it wasn't the New Japan Cup because that's a singles uh, tournament. But there was a tag tournament that happened recently, um, and of course they're the title holders uh, now at Impact. I gotta say because they they aired some of the some of that highlight footage. Um, uh, I think it was on. Excuse me, no, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't on Dynamite. It was on, uh, it was on, on Impact. Impact. On Impact that they're watching this. And again, I, I I will confess that I'm the type of mark that starts to maybe overmark out just based on highlights. But from what I saw, Finn Juice, what they did in that tournament, I was like, these guys could be considered one of, if not the best tag team right now. Because yeah, some sure. of the moves they did is are amazing. I have no problem with Finn Juice. But that doesn't that doesn't change my mind on Leo Rush. No, no, no. Of course, what I'm saying is overall as a promotion. Like, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm saying that uh, people just need to keep keep checking out. You know, New Japan wrestling. Well, regardless, Adam, of Adam, New, New, New Japan doesn't wrestle on the Atlantic City Boardwalk. No. <laughs> and, and and here's another thing, Finjuice. They they never have been in AEW or WWE. They haven't fallen from the graces of heaven. I mean. Think about this. Leo Rush went from I went from WWE to the Atlantic City Boardwalk. But and he then started at the, the Atlantic City Boardwalk and then made and then it to back. WWE. Yeah, listen, I that, that, and, and like I like we said before, that, that's how it, that's how they get there. But to fall back there afterwards, horrible. Well, listen, um, sometimes you just got to get back to your roots to to to, sure. you know, to maybe well, get Matt, that. Matt, juice what's flowing, what's his know? what's what's his in ring work like? Is he is he a good wrestler? It's amazing. I think he's a great wrestler. I think he's very athletic. I think he's. Uh, I think he's definitely good. He's just not a big guy, you know. He's not going to be a guy who's going to go for. He's like Darby Allen size. He's like 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 him versus Darby. I think would be an amazing match. <laughs> Those are the guys that Darby wrestles. Yeah, I mean, well, like I just think like you know, if you're talking about stature and like size in the ring and things like that, you know, he's. I think Darby. I think Darby's. I, you know, you guys know how I feel about Darby. I think Darby's way better than Leo Rush. And like I said to you, he quit his chance. Uh, for a million dollars because he missed his family. So you, he quit. He's a quitter. Um, <laughs> so lost lost any respect I have for Leo Rush um, after. Oh man! Uh, so I thought, I thought he I thought he was great in the role of managing Lashley. Also, by the way. Yeah, I mean. Uh... Listen, we'll see what happens. I just think that it's somebody to keep an eye on. I'm not saying anytime soon to be in any type of other other major promotion, but it's just someone who's 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 trying to reinvent themselves and I just want to resurgence. I just want to say something tying this all in together. Um, the fact that Joey Janela he was actually brought into AEW like as he was supposed to be somewhat like of a of, of a decent star there at the very yeah, beginning. He was at the press and conferences and stuff. So now now they use him like. So he just—I know, like a few months ago, he wrestled Darby Allen. Like I don't so even think he wrestles from, there anymore, honestly. 
I don't think so either, but he went from wrestling Darby Allen in the TNT, then he goes to the boardwalk in Atlantic City, then back to AEW, like, come on, come on. Yeah, it's, I, yeah. it's unbelievable. It, it, this shit's not even believable. And this is what I'm talking about when Darby's wrestling losers. <laughs> I, well, I just I just think AEW could do so much better than this shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, this is for our fans listening out there. Sound off, uh, you know, your opinion on everything we're talking about here. You know, we have a lot of different opinions here, a lot of different takes on what's going on. And, uh, you know, us here at the Questioning Marks podcast, we would love to hear your opinions, your takes. So, you know, hit us up on the Twitter. Uh, we are uh, we could be found using our handle the question in 11 the q u e s t i o n i n 11 or you could email us at the questioning marks podcast uh what is it the questioning marks at gmail.com that's what it is sorry about that so uh email us at the questioning marks at gmail.com we'd love to hear your opinion and your take on what we talk about here because it makes for a great conversation uh when we get back on uh soon uh, we do plan on coming at you uh, this week at some point with a, another wrestling uh, pick of the week. So uh, we are going to start continuing that series again. Uh, and with that being said, Jared uh, and Adam, I'll let you guys sound off. Thank you. Uh, thank you guys for listening this week. Uh, another great episode for you guys to listen to. And as always, questioning marks, have an awesome, awesome wrestling week. Yeah, grateful for the opportunity. Great debate. Looking forward to another great week of professional Yes, wrestling. absolutely. That's what we do here at the Questioning Marks Podcast, baby. So you guys all have a fantastic weekend. Well, fantastic week, I should say. Uh, end to your weekend, right? A little bit of Sunday action here. So catch up on your wrestling. Catch up on your rest because it's a big week of wrestling as it always is. Questioning Marks, out. Peace. Peace.